What's going on, Victory Church? How you doing? Good to see you. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting on this summer day, thank you so much for visiting. I want to share with you just real quick what we're about here at Victory. We do four things. We call them our four Gs, growing, guiding, giving, and going. We want to help people grow to know God. We want to help guide people to freedom. We want to help people have an opportunity to give out of their purpose and then go and make a difference. And so we wanted to show that video for a second just to really let you know. If you've been coming for a while and you've been saying, hey, I really want to get connected. I've seen the dream team around. I see what people are doing. I see people talking about how they're here on purpose because they have a purpose. And I really want to take that next step. Today is a really great day because even though Growth Track happens every Sunday, step one is today. And so if you jumped in today, you would jump in at the beginning. You have two more weeks after that. There's three weeks. And then you're on the dream team. And you get to actually start living out your purpose in this church, which we're so excited about because we believe every one of you are here on purpose because you have a purpose. And that is, again, to use that natural gift that God's given you to change lives. I'm going to share with you next week a testimony that we were given by a couple that serves on our dream team, that their life has been impacted because they've been able to serve other people. And I just think that's huge. And along with that, so, so again, if, if you're in here and you're like, I just want to know more about the church, I want to have some questions answered, or you're saying, hey, I'm ready to start being used in my purpose right after church, grow track, we'll watch your kids. Can I get an amen? Amen. You got a free little date. You know what I'm saying? We got some jalapeno chips in there for you. You can just be like, baby, happy anniversary. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just how it works out and then be able to jump onto that. Also, um, you're going to hear a lot of this coming up, but we're going to be serving a lot in the month of July. And I want to go ahead and put in your minds the 4th of, 4th of July celebration that Smyrna does is actually on the 3rd of July at Lee Victory Park. We will be there. We encourage you to come at 6 o'clock and help us. We've got an activity ready that kids can come up and play, and we're going to give them kind of a gift bag. And we're just there to love on our community. And so if you got that, I think it's a Wednesday night, if you got that Wednesday night off, July 3rd, yo, make plans, 6 o'clock, meet us there. You'll hear a lot more about it through social media and next Sunday. But make that a part, of your, a part of your schedule if you can, and let's beat out there together supporting our community and being a part of what our community is doing. If you've never been, they have the best fireworks show I've ever seen. And so if nothing else, come just to be able to have a good time and see fireworks. Amen? Y'all excited? You awake? All right, six of you. We're good to go. Hey, if you got your Bibles, open up to the book of James, the book of James. If you got your paper Bible, it's towards the end of the book. Uh, if you're using your phone or, or just going to follow along with us, that's fine too. I have been encouraging you to bring a paper Bible throughout this series so that you can underline and, and take notes because we're really taking the book of James verse by verse. If you don't have a Bible, our welcome center that's out there with the blue rug, go out there. We'll put a Bible in your hand today. We have all kinds of different versions. We'd love to be the people to give you your first Bible. As you're getting there, James chapter 2, uh, give you a little bit of a, a backstory on James. He's the half-brother to Jesus. Uh, he was the pastor of a church in Jerusalem, and he's writing this letter out and at this particular time, if you've been here for the past few weeks, I've been sharing this, the church, the church of that day is spread all across the world thanks to persecution. And so James writes this letter, and that is the Bible to them. That's the word of God to them. We actually take that letter and we put it into our Bibles. And now they didn't have the leather-backed Bible that we have, but James sends this letter out and it goes to all the pastors of all these house churches and he gets the letter and he gathers his church around, very similar to what we're doing here, and he opens up the letter and he read it all the way through in that setting. 
That pastor would have read it all the way through. In our Bibles, it's about five chapters, but he would have read it. It would take about 20 minutes, and he just read it all the way through right there. And it was addressing all kinds of things because he was talking to mostly Christians, okay? He's talking to mostly Christians about our attitudes and our hearts and different things. And he addressed all kinds of stuff. We talked about different things, but, but what we're going to do today is I'll read just a few of the verses in whole, and then we'll break them down, all right? So we're in James chapter 2, and we're starting in verse 14. And so we read verses 1 through 13 last week and talked about that. So we start with verse 14 today. You ready? Here we go. James says, what good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but they have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food, and if one of you says to them, hey, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but you do nothing about their physical need, what good is that? Well, what good is faith without action? It says, in the same way, faith by itself if it's not accompanied by action, whoops, sorry, throw that back up there for me, I lost it. Uh, if not accompanied by action, is dead. It's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. I love this. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. So their faith causes them to do some type of action. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them out in a different direction. And he ends it with this, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive and it's going to speak to us today. I pray that you would speak through me, make it applicable and, re and relative to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So when... James writes this letter, he's addressing all these different things in the local church of that day. And so we talked about how they were dealing with persecution. So he started the letter off by saying, you need to have joy in your trials, right? And then last week we talked about how the church was being very judgmental. And they were, they were really assessing people by external uh, images and not, not internal. And he said, hey, don't show favoritism, but love your neighbor as yourself. And so he was kind of addressing whatever the local church was dealing with in that day. And one of the things that was going on is a lot of people were claiming to have faith in God, but they weren't living it out. And so here's the deal. Let me explain. It was real easy to jump on the Jesus train back in that day. And here's why. Because everybody had lived by this law, and the law was this, that your salvation is by works. By what you do gives you your salvation. So how you act determines your salvation. That's the law they had all grown up being taught, that how you act. So imagine, if that was what we were living by, we'd all be messed up, right? Because we made mistakes today. We made mistakes yesterday. And so they were being raised up in that law. And then in came Christ, who said this, it's not by works that you're saved. It's by the grace of Jesus Christ. And so they were like, okay, wait a minute. That sounds, that, you know, that sounds sexy. Like, I want to be a part of that. And so, so many people were jumping on the, the, the gospel of Jesus train but here's what James was saying. Hey, you're claiming to have faith, but your heart's not in it. 
and I'm not seeing any change in your life. And so he just started calling him on the carpet for it. And I want to walk through what he said. Number one, here's what he said. He said, action accompanies faith. Action accompanies faith. Look at what he said at the beginning, the first few verses. He said, what good is it, brothers and sisters? Amen. Yo, girl, what good is it if someone claims to have faith and no deeds, no works, no action? Goes on to give us some examples. Suppose a brother or sister, they're food or they're hungry. They don't have clothing. And, and, and you pray for them, but you don't do anything about it. And then he gets, he says, what, what good is it? Here's what I feel like James is saying. Hey, we can all walk around saying we have faith, but honestly, faith without action, what good is it? In other words, we can keep on talking, but what good is our talk if it doesn't eventually become our walk, right? Now, now this was the most controversial thing James ever said. This verse to today still gets uh, battled back and forth through theologians because, again, what they thought James was saying was this. They thought he was reverting back to the concept of salvation by works. That's what they thought James was saying. That's what, that, that was the understanding. And so they were like, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You said Jesus, we were saved by his grace, not by works. And now here comes James saying that it is our works by salvation. Listen to me, don't get it confused, okay? He is not saying that our works are the cause of our faith. He's saying that our works is the evidence of our faith, okay? In other words, you are not saved by your actions. You are saved because of Jesus Christ. Let's just get that. Salvation is a free gift of God through Jesus. If you accept it, you're going to heaven. That's salvation. What James is saying is that if you truly accept that salvation, there should be some evidence of that salvation in your actions, right? So he's saying your faith should be accompanied by action. Wherever your faith goes, action should be right behind it, just walking. It should be accompanying it. If you see me and I got my little Casey Ray, she's right with me. He says, wherever you see faith, you should see action. Why? Because when we believe in something, it impacts how we move, right? If I believe I'm married, then I act like I'm married. If I believe I'm hungry, I act like I'm hungry. When we believe in something, it impacts our movement. A few months ago, Casey Ray got sick, and in the middle of the night, she came down, and she slept on the floor beside our bed, and apparently she really enjoyed that. And so after she was, you know, feeling better, she started sleeping on her floor by her bed every night, right? And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And so, you know, one night turned into two weeks, and two weeks turned into two months, and I'm like, this girl has a perfectly good bed, and she's sleeping on the floor. And so Darla and I talk about it, and she's like, this can't continue, babe. And I'm like, don't worry. Dad will handle it. So I go up to put her to sleep, and I lay down on the floor, and I'm rubbing her back, and I'm ugga-mugging her, and I'm praying for her dreams, and I'm taking her through, drift away, dream away, drift away far, slide down a, no? Okay. Rainbow, swing on a star, you people. Um, and so I, I go through the whole situation, and I said, I get ready to get up, and I go, hey, babe, real quick, before I leave, I said, as you know, summer's coming up. And when summer comes up, it gets really hot outside. And when it gets really hot outside, all of the bugs and the spiders that are outside, they, they need to go find somewhere cool to be able to rest in. So they come into the house. I say, remember how you'll see bugs and stuff? Yeah, Daddy. I said, so they, they try to find cool places. And one of the coolest places in the house is under your bed. It's one of the coolest places because it's dark. 
And I said, look, don't judge me, okay? You don't know how hard it is, okay? And so I said, look, look, if, if you sleep in the bed, they can't get to you. They, they can't touch you. It's something, they don't, you know, they got little legs. They can't get to you. But when you're on the floor, and we're on the floor right by our bed, I'm like, see right here? I lift up the little, little bed skirt, you know, I'm like, see, we're right here where they can get us. And she's like, what? And so, and, and so, yeah, it was, and, and look, I know y'all thinking like he's the, he's the worst dad ever, okay? I, I've never claimed to be a perfect parent from this stage. I'm learning how to do this, okay? And so I walked up, but you know, I, I know that she believed me, and I know she had faith in what I said. Do you know how I know that? She moved, right? <laughs> and she didn't wait till the next night to move. She got up before I got out of the room, okay? Like, like literally, I didn't tell Darla, right? I let Darla know. She said, oh, she slept in her bed last night. I was like, oh, she did? <laughs> so Darla's learning about this right now as y'all are learning about it, okay? Uh, so sorry, babe. Um, but here's the point, right? When you, when you believe in something, action follows. When you have faith in something, action follows. She believed them bugs were going to get her, so she moved. And when we have faith, real faith in God, it, it moves us. Hear me. Our faith is not evident by how we feel or what we believe. Our faith is evident by what we do. Okay? This is why James said it like this. He said, look, when you have faith in God, you don't see an individual who's hungry and go, oh, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I, I believe with you, brother, that one day you'll be down the street and someone will, a subway coupon will come flying serendipity through the wind and hit you on the forehead. I'm believing, brother, right? No, James says if you have faith, you will go buy them a sandwich. Like, go, go meet the need. He says if you see somebody who doesn't have clothes or clothing, real faith doesn't say, I'm believing for you, brother. I'm believing that you're going to walk into Ross and they're going to have a buy one, get everything in the store free sale. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work that way. Go to your closet, pick out the seven items you hadn't worn in two years that when you see them, you go, one day I'm going to wear it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about, like, I'm going to wear it next week. No, you're not. You hate the way you look in it, all right? You paid $100 for it, but you hate the way you look in it. Some of it, you still got tags on it, but you can't return it because it's been two years, okay? So take that, put it in the trash bag, and go and give it to them. He says our faith is shown by what we do. This is what James is saying. He's talking to all these people that are gathering in these churches, and he's saying, hey, if you say you got faith in God, then we should see it in the actions, right? In Mark chapter 2, these guys, their, their friend is paralyzed, and they want their friend to get healed, so they take their friend to Jesus, and the, the place is so packed. Jesus has got a packed house. They can't get it to Jesus. We'll pick it up, verse 4, Mark 2. You'll see it on the screen. It says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. This is the very first recording of raising the roof, right? There you go. There you go. Sorry, bad humor, bad humor. By digging through it and then lowered the mat, the man was lying on. Here's the part. Watch this. When Jesus saw their what? Faith. When Jesus saw their faith, Jesus didn't have x-ray goggles. He didn't, like, look into their heart. He, he wasn't having some moment where everything that was on the internal was all of a sudden on the external. You know what Jesus saw? They ripped the roof open. They lowered this. They carried this man to this house, took him up on the roof, ripped the roof open, and then lowered him down. Jesus saw action. And Jesus said, man, I see your faith. When there's action, I talked last week about how Christianity is not about perfection, it's about progression, right? But when, when we see that progression in people's lives, that's when we start to see the faith in their life. I'm seeing progression, why else would you be making progress? Because there's faith. Hope 
Hope is a desire. Faith is a demonstration. Right? Hope is when we desire something. Faith is a demonstration. Hope wants it to happen. I love this. But faith causes it to happen. Hope is, I see you're hungry. I hope you get fed. Faith is, man, let's go together down to CC's Pizza and eat every slice they have. You know what I mean? Faith causes it to happen. So James is saying, look, wherever your faith is going to be, action should be there too. If you believe it, then you'll do something about it. If you believe it, it'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you think. Hear me. Every one of you are experiencing this in your life right now. There is something that you believe in and it's impacted the way you move. I guarantee you. And this is what James is saying. When we have faith in God, it should impact the way we move. Next thing he says is this. Not only does action, accom- or not only does, does action accompany my faith, but action affirms my faith, right? It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. So someone will say, hey, you got faith, I got deeds. And then James says, well, look, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds, by my works. You believe there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. I love this because James is saying even the faith that the demons have cause movement, right? Even they move because of their belief. And so if you have faith without no action, what he's saying is that action will affirm your faith. By my faith or by my works, you will see my faith. If, if action is always behind faith, if it's always accompanying it, this would be the equivalent of action occasionally pushing faith. And action kind of saying, here, go, 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 go do this. This is my faith by works. Let me explain. He, he introduces two examples, Abraham and Rahab. Okay, here's what he says about Abraham. He says, Abraham's faith was not proven because Abraham had a WWJD bracelet. Right? It wasn't proven because Abraham uh, attended Bible study or had a Chris Tomlin CD. That's not what proved his faith. What proved his faith is when God told him to put his son on an altar and sacrifice his son, he did it. And then when he was in the process of sacrificing, God said, whoop, just kidding. Wanted to see if you would do it. Here's the lamb. Sacrifice it. It was by the action that proved his faith. He's saying it wasn't because of, of what he said. It was because of what he did. And then he brings Rahab. Rahab's a prostitute in the Bible. And he brings her up and says, hey, there was a time where she risked her life to be able to save some Christians by lowering them down and sending them one way and telling the people who were trying to find them to kill them that they went the other way. And when she did that, her faith was proven. Not because she read, girl, wash your face. You know what I mean? That's not what proved her faith. It was what she did. It's the actions. Can I tell you something? Look, there, there is nothing about us standing in here saying we're Christians that, that, that brings evidence to our faith. It's what we do, Right? It's when we serve. It's when we love other people. It's when we go into the community and do these things. It's when we have serve day. It's when we give $1,000 to this ministry and we, we pay for 4,000 meals at Second Harvest Food Banks. That's what we do. That, that is our action accompanying our faith. I, I believe that our faith is seen in our footsteps. Where I'm walking, you get to see my faith. I, I have a real personal problem that I'd love for you to pray for me about. Uh, and I'll, I'll share with you. You may suffer from the same syndrome. I'm not sure, but I suffer from it. And here's what, here, I don't know a name for it, but I'm going to give you the description. When I see people running, I run. 
Y'all suffer from that? I don't ask questions. I don't look around for logical reasons. My thoughts are, if they believe in something enough to make them run, I should run too. Because I don't want to be the guy that's like, what y'all running for? Boom, you know what I mean? And so I'm going to prove it to you. This actually happened. So we were out of town one time, Darla and I. We were visiting some people, and they took us to this restaurant to go eat. And we're sitting there eating. And the restaurant, if, if I'm sitting at my table, I'm not lying to you, this whole back wall was windows, okay? Just floor-to-ceiling windows. So we're sitting at the table eating our burger, windows. And it's like outside, there's a little girl doing a photo shoot over here. You know, it's like, it's all, it's all millennial-type area of town. And there was this building over here, and I didn't know it. But this entire company had sent all of their employees to this building for some type of team building, okay? And their team building was going to be like a huge scavenger hunt where, like, they put people in groups and they say, go! And then everybody, you know, runs out and they're going after that. I had no idea they were in there. Brother, brother's just trying to eat a burger, you know what I mean? Just sitting, sandwich, eating a burger, looking at the window. Oh, it's so pretty outside. Just enjoying my, and all of a sudden, six doors Boom, they pop open, and it had to be 200 people, y'all. They come running. They're all, they, I mean, I'm talking, I'm not going to do it on stage because I can't run and not look weird. But they just come, you know, ah, they're running. I was, I mean, within seconds, I was wrapping up my burger, right? I had, I, I was stealing their cup. I was taking their cup with me. I had my little, look, I had a sauce in one of those little plastic cups. I had that thing and the lid. I was like, let's go. I'm out of here. And Darla's like, babe, where you going? I'm like, I'm leaving. Because when people run, I run. Here's what she had the audacity to say to me. She said, didn't you see their face? Baby, they were smiling. I said, do I look like I had time to look at their face? I'm not looking at their face. I'm looking at their motion. They are moving, and I'm moving, right? I should have. I mean, we found out later everything was fine, but I was gone. And here, here was my understanding with that. Sometimes, hear me, church, sometimes you got to move before you fully understand, you see what I mean? I ain't got time to sit around. Sometimes your action will have to lead your faith. Sometimes you'll have to move a little bit before you fully understand. And this is why James is saying, look, they're not justified. They're justified by their works and not their faith alone. Look at what they're doing. Because what they're doing sometimes will speak more about their faith than what they believe in. And by, by, by where their, their belief factor is, by where their faith is. But look at what they're doing. I'm convinced that you can't have faith without action. But I think sometimes you'll have a little action before you have full faith. Sometimes you'll just do something. I, I'll give you an example. Some of you are in church today, and you don't fully understand God. You, you don't fully understand the whole grace and Jesus on the cross and the Bible. You, you don't fully understand. I mean, your mom and dad might have taught you a little something. You might know a little bit about it because you're in the South you don't fully understand it, but you're here, right? That shows me your action pushing your faith, your action affirming your faith. Some of you came down for prayer today. You don't fully understand prayer. You wonder why you pray sometimes and it doesn't get answered. You wonder if you're supposed to say certain words after you get done praying. You don't fully understand it, but you prayed, right? Some of you, you give faithfully, you tithe, you're constantly giving financially to the church. You don't fully understand the principle of tithing. You, you couldn't quote all the verses about God's storehouse and generosity and all. You don't fully understand it, but you tithe. Some of you serve every week. And even though you hear me say you're going to find your purpose in it, you don't fully understand that. 
you don't really know how me rocking a baby or pushing a button, how am I going to find? You don't fully understand it, but you serve. And I'm telling you, sometimes your actions have to push your faith. And the more your actions push your faith, the stronger your faith gets. And it continues the process. When I got saved, I was, I always try to tell, I'm, I think I'm a different age every time I tell this story. But let's just say it was, I was 18, 19 years old. Um, Pastor Brian led me to the Lord, and then I go to the church that, that he's attending. And I immediately started serving. And I was serving, and I eventually got on staff as a janitor at the church. And I was doing all of this, and I was not a Christian, Okay. If you saw me the second I left church to the moment I came back to church, I, there was nothing about my actions that were Christ-like. But my action, I was there serving, right? I was there pushing. And every time I was there to serve, guess what got stronger? My faith. Because I was in the Word, right? I got to a point, I don't know if I ever told you this story. Maybe you'll be embarrassed to call me your pastor after this. But, but I, I eventually was the children's pastor. And let me give you this explanation in case you don't know. Pharaoh in the Bible is a position like president, right? Pharaoh president. So I'm the children's pastor. I'm up there teaching like Pharaoh is his name. And I'm just going in. Like his, his name, I don't even know what I was saying. The pastor's daughter who was in my ministry came up to me after seven. She goes, you're so silly calling him Pharaoh like it's his name. And I was like, <laughs> huh? I was like, just, let's just pretend like I don't know what you're talking about. What you talking about? And she was like, oh, you know, it's, it's like, and then she explained to me, and I walked away the whole day. I went, oh, my, I done taught thee. I done led these kids astray. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, what is wrong? And here's the deal. I was just, it was all that action. I didn't fully understand it, but I, that action was just pushing that faith, affirming that faith. I'm so glad I was a part of a church then where you could belong before you believed. And that's why we, we, we shout it from the rooftops. You can belong before you believe. You can serve before you're saved. Why? That, that, that messes up my mind. Why? Because I'm understanding that sometimes your action has to affirm your faith. And sometimes you don't fully understand it and you don't fully get it. And you don't know the Greek and the Hebrew and the breakdown. And that's okay. While you're trying to figure it out, God will use you to change lives. Understand that. And so I love it. James is saying, hey, hey, hey. Your faith has to have action. But it's okay if your action has to force feed your faith. It's okay if it has to push it forward. It's okay if you don't fully understand or fully believe. That's what church is for. Yay! You don't have to come in here knowing it all. You learn it. When's the last time you walked into a new job and said, do you expect me to know everything about this job? No. You just got here and we're going to train you. Guess what? We're training you. But then we put you in the position to serve and love people because you don't need to know the Greek word for love to love. Love people, help people, and in the process of it, your faith grows stronger. And as, watch this, as your faith grows stronger, your actions do too. And then as your actions grow stronger, your faith grows stronger. And it's a cycle that continues. And it's why Jesus walked up to sinners and said, hey, hey, follow me. Well, hold on, would you like me to go through Bible study first? Nope, follow me. Hold on, do I need to go through it? Nope, follow me. Why? Because as long as you're following me, you'll be in the action and the faith will be built later. See what I mean? But that faith, it only makes sense if as the faith grows, the actions start to grow with it. What James is saying is how you've been in faith for 20 years and you still look the way you did 20 years ago. 
can I be honest with you, who I was at 18 years old, I am not that person anymore. Now, I'm still bad. I get, like, I still need grace and Jesus, and I still need you to pray for, I need all those things. But there are things I'm smarter about, and there are things I know now, and there are things I don't do now, and there are things that I want to be better at because there has been progression. If I got up to you and said, I was, I was saved at 18, God is great, Jesus is great, and then you knew me at 18 and I was the exact person you knew then, you would go, well, what's the faith for? Right? What? He didn't have faith and he was like this. Now he's had faith for 20 years and he's still like this? What's the faith for? I don't know if we ever told you all this, but often people in Memphis will hear that me and Pastor Brian are on staff at churches and, different, and, and they will laugh out loud. Like disrespectful laugh out loud. Like, you mean, like, like, they're not in prison kind of laugh. You know what I mean? Like, how is that possible? And it's because of the progression. And I just need you to hear this, church. Look, I know your faith may not be there. And maybe it is. I, I feel like there's two kinds of people. And we're going we're gonna to hit this, this second one here in a minute. And, ooh, I hope you remember it. The first group is the people whose faith isn't completely strong, but they think that they're not supposed to do anything until their faith gets there. And, and James says, no, 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 no. Start moving. And your faith will get there. There's the other group of people who they've had their faith for 30 years and they hadn't done anything for 30 years and their faith has become stale. And watch what he says, number three, and here's, here's the third point. Action that's absent equals faith that's dead. Now, this was, this was pretty hardcore when I read it. James says this twice, all right? But we're going to look at the, the last time he says it in verse 26. Watch this. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead... Y'all all understand that in our, we have a soul, spirit, and if it leaves, we die. Like, you understand that? So also faith apart from works is dead. First time I read that, I thought, man, James, that's a little harsh. Like, dead is like dead. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like faith apart from works is not as good as it could be. Like, it, it's dead. It's just dead. Like, that, that's intense. And he said it twice. And so the more I studied it this week, I'm like, all right, I, I really need, I need something here, Lord. I, I need you to really help me. Explain to our people what it means to have faith that is alive and what it means to have faith that is dead. And so I figured I got a friend of mine named Fred that I've invited to come help us. Uh, excuse me for just one second as I get Fred. Fred struggles walking on his own. So Fred, this is Fred. Everybody say hi, Fred. That's him waving. Y'all ain't got no respect for Fred. I call Fred dead Fred because Fred is dead, okay? So, Fred, now catch this. James says the body without the spirit is dead. So this is, what, this is, this is a body without the spirit, okay? It's not a real, we didn't go dig him up, but, but again, this is what it would be like. So th this, this represents, this chair represents faith without works. So if your faith has no works... Here it is. I will represent faith with works, not because I'm spiritual, but because I have a spirit and blood and flesh. All right? So, so this is your spirit with works. So I, I'm your spirit with works. Fred over here is your spirit without works. All right? So obviously there's a significant difference right off the bat. Um, he's a little bit tanner than me, but I'm a little bit bigger than him. And, and so I'm learning this process of what it means for faith to be dead and faith to be alive. So here's the first thing I realized, is that if you tell me, hey, Troy, stand up, I can do it, right? Or, hey, Troy, run in place. 
Don't judge my running. I can do it. Or, hey, Troy, jumping jacks. I can do it. Hey, Fred, stand up. Hey, Fred, run in place, Fred. Get it, Fred. Jumping jacks, Fred. What's, what, what's, the automatic difference is this. I can move and he can't, right? So, so faith with works is a faith that can move. It's moving. A faith that's dead, guess what? It can't move. It can't do anything. So a faith with works can give. I can give. I can serve. Ooh, I can hold open a door, and I can shake a hand. I can hold a baby. I, can, I can't quite run lights. I, I, I can pretend to sing. I can do things. I can move. I have action. Meanwhile, dead Fred over here can't do anything. I need you to at least work with me, bro. He's got no movement, no impact. He can't do anything. Here's what James says. What good is it? Right? This is not mine, or I would just. What? It's harder than it looks. What? Here's the question, folks. What good is it? What, what good is it? I, I can do all kinds of stuff. What do you want me to do? I can do it. You want, me to go, you want me to go serve? I can do it. You, you, you want me to share the gospel? I can do it. You, you want me to worship God? I can do it. You want me to work hard in my workplace? I can do it. You want me to go love my neighbor? I can do it. Because my faith is alive and it's moving and it has tendons and it has blood running through it. And it's, it's moving. There's action to it. He can't do anything. What good is he? Some of y'all have been to church before and sat beside Fred. You know what I'm talking about? I've been sitting in that chair for 30 years, hadn't done a thing, and they've had faith in God. Fred, just sitting there. Some of you, you are Fred. And it's, what, what good is it? You know, there was a verse in there where James said, can that faith save you? And again, that was the confusion for a minute because people were going, wait a minute, are you saying that our deeds saves us? Hear me, this is not a salvation conversation. Fred's going to heaven, okay? Fred accepted Jesus. Whether he moves from his chair or not, he's going to heaven. This is not a salvation point James is making. James is saying, yes, you're saved by Christ, but Christ, that's why he died. But Christ resurrected so that you could have life and have life to the fullest. And you are missing out on it when you are operating in a faith that has no action. And he says, can a faith like that save? And here's what he meant. If all of a sudden a little kid ran in the back and was going, ah, help me, I need to be saved, I could, I could go save him. Up and gone. Fred ain't much help. They're screaming all day, Fred. Here's what Jesus, or here's what James is saying. A faith that's alive, a faith that, have, that has action, has the ability to rescue people from hell. Has the ability to share the gospel. Has the ability to pull them out of where they are and help set their feet on solid ground. And a faith without action can't 
do that. Because it just sits there, rotting. And people go, what good are you? What, you know how many people I hear tell me, what good is Christianity? What, what good is faith? What, oh, Jesus died? What good is that? Because whenever they were given the representation of faith in Christ, they were introduced to Fred. And here's what they thought, and you've thought it. I know people who are not Christians, and they're happier than the Christians. Because faith wasn't understood. Because salvation comes from Christ's death. But life comes from his resurrection. And when I understand faith, I'm living my life to the fullest. I could tell you stories upon stories upon stories of moments of fulfillment that I've experienced because I walk faith that has action. Have I had hard times? Yes. Is every day great? No. Just being real. But I've had faith, faith moments that brought fulfillment in my life because I'm ready to move. Talk to one person on our dream team when you leave and ask them about the fulfillment they have by serving here. It's not because of me. It's not because of the church. It's because they are impacting and changing lives. Why would someone serve, church? Why would someone come up here and set up on Saturdays? Why would someone get here early on Sundays to hold a door, to wave in the parking lot, to hang up banners? Why would they do it? Because their faith is real, and that's their faith in action. You're seeing it in action. When we go into that park on the 3rd of July and we're playing with kids and handing out stuff and people go, why would you do that? It's, look, the only reason is this, is because this is my faith in action. So James says, we got a choice, church. We either live in a faith that moves, whose actions accompany its faith. I'm going, I'm moving. Or we live in a faith that doesn't have works, doesn't have actions, and quite frankly, it's dead. And at the end of the day, what good is it? What good is it? It's like, what good is it to read the Bible if you don't apply it to your life, right? What good is it to be around people if you don't love them? What good is it? And can I just tell you the church we want to be? We want to be the church that grabs Fred and says, hey, let me fix your knees. There we go. Hey, hey, let me help you. Let me, let, let's, let's do this together. I understand it's been 30 years. I understand you don't fully understand it. Right? Let's, let's just go together. Let me just help you. You want to know what Growth Track's all about? Hey, Fred, where are you? Didn't mean to grab you inappropriately, Fred. I'm sorry. Hey, Fred. You should go to Grow Track, Fred. Why? Why, Troy? Because, Fred, when you get there, you're going to find out God created you to do something particularly for you. And it's going to bring life to your dead bones. Hey, Fred, you should come with us on the 4th of July. Why? Because when you get out there and serve people, it's going to bring life to your dead bones. Hey, Fred, you should get in a small group. Why? Because when you get in a small group, you're going to build relationships that's going to bring life to your dead bones. 
this church is all about helping all of the friends whose faith has been dead come alive. Come alive. Doesn't mean we're perfect. We just want to do it together. Just come alive, man. You can do it. You can do it, friend. And there comes a moment where Fred's actions affirm his faith. And there becomes a new, supposed to be worshiping, but becomes a new faith in God. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? So I know this is kind of silly, I'm sorry, but I wanted you to get a picture. When James says that our faith without works is dead, this is a literal picture of that. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're going to heaven. That's done. But there's so much more to Christianity than just salvation in heaven. It's living out the faith that you have in God. And it's seeing him do something through you that changes your perspective forever. And when that happens, your faith grows. And that leads to bigger action. And then that makes your faith grow more. And it's a cycle that at the end of the day, you have lived life to the fullest. I don't understand church. Exactly. But the more you do it, the more your faith grows. And instead of looking like old Fred, you have movement and life, and most of all, fulfillment. Amen? We're going to pray with Fred. Is that all right, y'all? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for hard words that James gives us where he says, hey, faith without works, what good is it? And I thank you most of all that our salvation is separate. Our salvation is through Christ alone, and we get to experience heaven. But God, our faith in you, our faith in that resurrection, that faith that, that takes our talk and puts it into our walk, that faith that leads us into situations where we get to be a part of people's lives and experience life change, and we find life to the fullest. And so I pray right now for every person in this room, for those whose faith is alive, I pray they would keep on going, keep on moving, look for, for even more challenging times and more stretching moments. For those who say, I've never quite looked at it that way, and I've always thought church was more about just heaven or hell, I pray their eyes would be open today that church is about doing life with you, Lord. It's about fulfillment. And if there is somebody in here who says, you know what, I, I feel like I've been Fred for a long time. I've been sitting down waiting until my faith caught up to be able to move forward in my action. I pray right now you'd speak to their heart and you would tell them. Begin to give your life to others, to serving, to loving. Your faith will follow and you'll find fulfillment. Thank you, Jesus, for your church. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And thank you for the opportunity to impact others and to find fulfillment while we're here waiting to go spend eternity in heaven. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...